You are listening to a Live City Church podcast, and we hope you'll experience Jesus today. We are excited to have you join our extended online church family. If you would like further information or wish to access more content, please connect with us on our Live City Church Facebook page or visit us at livecitychurch.com. Uh, Yes, today is Remembrance Day and um, this morning Paul said, oh, it's the 11th of the 11th. Yes, that's Remembrance Day and he's like, oh, you know, numbers and the numbers of God, yes, but it's Remembrance Day. So, um, yes, so please bear with me. Um, Thank you. Uh, It's not really a word that I've been able to just sit on and... You know, usually I have these words that are birthed, so this was just a quick birth. (laughs) But, you know, God is amazing. So, honour. Honour. Romans 12.10 Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honour. I think I may have used that scripture at Mother's Day. Did I use it at Mother's Day? Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honour. So this year, Remembrance Day has very special significance in the fact that today marks the 100th anniversary of the armistice which ended the First World War. 100 years ago, on the 11th of November 1918, the guns of the Western Front fell silent after four years, four years of continuous warfare. With their armies retreating and close to collapse, German leaders signed an armistice bringing an end to the First World War. From the summer of 1918, the five divisions of the Australian Corps had been at the forefront of the Allied advance to victory. Beginning with their stunning success at the Battle of Hamal in July, they helped to turn the tide of the war at Amiens in August. By early October, the exhausted Australians were withdrawn from battle. They had achieved a fighting reputation out of proportion to their numbers. But victory had come at a heavy cost. They suffered almost 48,000 casualties during 1918. In the four years of war, more than 330,000 Australians had served overseas and more than 60,000 of them had died. Very sobering. The social effects of these losses cast a long shadow over the post-war decades and I'm sure if you have known anybody or being related to anybody who has come back from those situations... I, for years, as a little girl, asked my granddad, tell me about, you know, he would always talk about the war. So I'm a kid. Tell me about the war, granddad. Mm, Another time. Another time, honey. I think the only time he was able to... Oh, thank you so much, Simon. (laughs) The only time he really opened up was when he was having a, a chat with Paul one time and, you know, there were stories there that even I have not had the privilege to hear. And so, 
um, four years. Four years. Four years ago, I had a three-year-old boy. Seems to have gone like that. I bet you those four years did not go like that for those men and women, boys and girls. I found out that my mother-in-law, I knew she'd been in the Israeli army, but, you know, like my only perception is who I knew of her when I had come into the family um, about, I don't know, 20-something years ago. So I just knew her as Rochelle, my mother-in-law. And then I see these photos of her with his (laughs) machine gun. Like, man, she was a... She was Lara Croft. She was like, you know, she didn't just go and, I don't know, write down stuff in the army. She was in the army and we have photographic evidence. Like, you know, I never knew that side of her. I never knew that, you know, she, even though she was um, told she had to serve, like she didn't just, she held guns. She knew how to put together guns. I like blew me away, blew me away. Not only with that, she fully entrenched in the army of God, like fully entrenched. This was not a woman who took witnessing lightly. We would be embarrassed sometimes. Shamefully now, we should never have been. You know, seeing somebody at the coffee shop, do you know Jesus? Let me tell you about him. We're like, oh, again again, goes to a home. Every person that's in there, she went around. I don't know how many people are in heaven because she was there. Maybe that's why she went there. Up to the day, up to the day where she could not stand anymore, she was bearing witness of how much Jesus not only meant to her, but how much her friends and her peers meant to Jesus. She didn't have to call herself an evangelist. She just knew she was in the Lord's army. My own grandfather um, was born in Wales, became uh, as, a, as a Davies. And then while he was a baby, lost his father in the First World War. And then this Irish fellow, JJ Murphy, came and married his mama and brought them to Australia. So... He became a Murphy as a product of the First World War, then himself served in Turkey in the Second World War. Now, we think back then, and I don't know, there's something about being an Aussie. There's something about knowing a digger. There's something about, like, I cannot get enough of those um, movies. I know they're just a movie, but that's the closest thing that we're going to have as an insight into what happened. Somebody's interpretation. Serving your country was considered one of, if not the highest honour to that generation, to those generations. So much so that young men lied about their age to fight. Young men lying about their age to fight. 14-year-olds saying, no, I'm not 14. (laughs) I'm not going through puberty. I want to fight. Okay. You know, 
And then find, just blows me away. I'm thinking of young Charlie. I'm thinking of our girls here lying about their age to go and fight because they did not want to miss the opportunity to fight for freedom. Just put this thought in. Imagine if every follower of Christ, if every person who says, I'm in the Lord's army, we sing about it in Sunday school, I teach it to my preppies, I'm in the Lord's army, I'm in the Lord's army. Imagine if every one of us who say, yes, yes, we stand here and we, we sing and we sing, I'm in the Lord's army. Can you just imagine if we had this conviction? You know, we've got covens, witches' covens, who believe in their cause so much that they are praying against us. What if we turn the tide? What if we said we are in the Lord's army and we have the conviction to fight for our freedom? Were they scared? (laughs) Absolutely. Did they like it? (laughs) I don't think so. Would they have rather to be at home in the comfort of their, that their home brings? Of course. Would they have liked to sleep in that muddy trench? No way. Would they like to hear bullets zinging past them, finding out that their friend has just been killed and it missed them? No, they did not want to do that. But such was their conviction to fight, to preserve, to protect freedom. Even Captain America... Yeah, come on. Come on, I have to put in something. Even Captain America, he may be a real person, he may not. I don't know. I don't know. I'm aware there are some small people who I just cannot steal that from them. He applied over and over and over the story of Captain America. What was his name? What was his first name? Steve Rogers. Okay, Steve Rogers, thank you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> His story, he was the run to the litter. But everybody is going to fight for war. I'm going for this medical. Sorry, too sick. Can't serve here. I'm going to go to another region. I'm going to go to uh, another suburb where my name's not on their uh, census information. Um, Sorry, too sick. Can't go. Sorry, no, you're not strong enough. You won't even survive the boat ride. So much was that character's conviction, he then subjected himself to experimental science to become the best soldier in America. I know that's a made-up story. But can... uh, Possibly. But do you get the conviction? It's in the telling of the story. So much so, I'm going to subject myself to something that's never been done to become a hero. Why serve? If it's not comfortable, if you know you may not come back, if you know you're going to be eating rations, if you know your socks are going to be wet, if you know you're not going to get a bath, if you know that you're not going to see your loved ones for a long time, if you know that you're going on a boat, you could be sick on the way over and most likely were. Why do it? Why? Because there is something greater at stake than their comfort or than our comfort. There is something greater at stake. There is no comfort without the defence of that comfort and loved ones. Do we like coming in here, putting up curtains, 
putting out chairs, making them straight, practicing songs? Yes. But would I much rather be at home on a Friday night? Of course. Had a busy week. Why is that? Because I am defending we as Live City Church, we as those who serve at Live City Church are defending those that can come in and feel like they are not distracted. They can come in and go, oh, it's not a school. Yep, this is church. It's not just about curtains. It's about preparing the way and defending that very thing that we hold dear. Why serve? Because these people fought to protect the freedoms that we get to have. We get to sit here. We're not under military rule. We get to do that because somebody else did that for us. They put themselves under the authority of someone who is going to yell at them, scream at them, not only in training, but when that moment came and they heard the words charge. I'm going out there to face a stream of bullets as they face their enemies head on. Church, this life is our battleground. As I said before, we know that there are covens, there are witches' covens praying against us specifically and as a church community, not just us, churches around Now, some of us might go, oh, that's so scary. (laughs) See my dad? See my dad behind me? See my dad behind me? Okay, I might not have my big girl shoes on today, but I'm wearing my army boots because I know that my dad is also the general and he's the one who says charge. And even though I might have to go in and even though I might have to defend something, I would rather defend the name of Jesus. Because, you know what? He went to hell to do that to me, for me. I don't ever want to go there. I've heard too many scary stories. I don't want, I'm, I'm so grateful that we do not have to, in this time, we don't have to go across to war. We don't have that situation. Wars are fought differently. But we get to stand here, we get to sit here, we get to have church here because somebody went and defended our freedom to be able to do that. And I come back to that point, imagine, imagine if every one of us had the conviction to do that in the Lord's army. Can I encourage you, go and sing that I'm too young to march in the infantry. (laughs) Google it, there's so many cute versions. But I'm in the Lord's army, yes, sir. I teach that to my kids. Can we look him in the eye and say, I will do this for you, Jesus. I know this is heavy. I know this is hard. But greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. In those places, strangers became buddies. Buddies became friends and friends became brothers. Being in the trenches cemented those relationships forever. Being in these trenches is cementing our relationships forever. You know, I love that about church, that you can have, you know, somebody who is a CEO for a company 
working alongside somebody who, you know, does manual work and puts together trucks and stuff, who, you know, the prep teacher can work alongside the plumber. You know, I love that. We are working in the the trenches. We are becoming buddies, buddies becoming friends, friends becoming brothers and sisters because we are family. John 12, 26. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honour him. (laughs) If anyone serves me, if anyone, then the Father will honour him. Can we just like appreciate that you know this morning in our devotions Paul was sharing about um, you know the God of the universe cannot be contained in a container and yet he houses himself in us how is that possible how is that possible that he who made the universe and the stars and and put the stars in place houses himself in us If anyone serves me, my Father will honour him. I crave that. I want that. You know, I am not the kind of person who is out there. This is a different personality that you see than (laughs) other times. Because, see, in this place, you know, there's a boldness because, you know, he has called me. He's called me. And right now he's going, charge, go, Tanya, go. And I'm like, oh, there's bullets and there's people looking at me. And, and oh, I don't want to charge. I don't want to do it. But he's like, you've got this because I'm training you. I'm training you for battle, you know. And as I'm doing this, I pray that I'm able to give you some tools that help train you for when you go into your battles this week. You know, yes, it's hard. (laughs) But we don't have to, I don't know, I don't know. The words are going, the words are going. (laughs) The theme of this year's Remembrance Day was honour their spirit. I'd like to take out the I and the R. Let's honour the spirit. Amen. <laughs> so, as you go through your week, can I encourage you? What do you have to do? You have to listen to that song. I'm in the Lord's army, yes sir. And then take it that next bit, that next little bit. And go in your closet. What can I do to serve you this week, God? How can I defend what you did for us? Is that good? Amen. Now, um, if you'll allow me, I don't know what time you would like to do it. I think it would be very honouring to do that. So at al- at, on the 11th of the 11th at 11 we as a nation stand and take a minute a moment's silence to honor those who have you know served before us so that we can live in this amazing country so what's the
What a great word. Thank you so much for that. Pastor T, what a great lady. Uh, those of you that don't know, uh, Tanya's actually uh, credentialed with the Assemblies of God. Sorry, we don't call ourselves that anymore. <laughs> Australian Christian churches. And so she's actually a qualified pastor. I'm just so glad to have her with me at this time. And uh, the, the thing about Remembrance Day, it, it's called Remembrance Day for a reason, is that it causes you to take a moment, remember the sacrifices others have paid for us to be free, worshiping Jesus in this place, have a freedom. I was showing our, uh, my uh, Indonesian friends around yesterday. They were remarking, look, they come from a place where it's a country, it's third world. There's a lot of poverty there. And they're looking at the roads that we drive in. They said they were overwhelmed as I picked them up from the airport in our beautiful, you know, for us, it's an older car, Kia Carnival, you know. It's beautiful, it's smooth, the roads are smooth, the buildings, it, they were remarking, everything's so beautiful. And I took them to the Gold Coast Beach and they're, they're walking on the water. You couldn't wipe the smiles off their faces. I took them out to dinner. I found this beautiful Brazilian barbecue restaurant. And let me tell you, their hearts are so filled. I took them shopping. I would not let them pay. You know, they're like, you know, you don't have to say this. I must do this. I must do this. It was such an honor. And, you know, they, they are just enjoying this. And as I was doing this for them, I was overcome with this feeling that many people, many of you guys who are younger, have never traveled overseas, don't understand that what you have right now is simply not normal in most countries of the world. You are so blessed that you don't have to think about what to eat tonight or what to eat tomorrow or what you're going to wear or where you're going to sleep like many of these people do. And we, and we are here in this place Today, we want to remember those men and those women that have gone ahead of us and have fought in that war, but not just in the physical, but I also want to talk about the spiritual realm. There are people that have paid a price for us to serve Jesus here today. You know, my wife is, uh, I just want to echo the words of my wife, that in countries, uh, sorry, in this area, Red Bank Plains, there, there are witches in this area doing warfare against us. Uh, this has been probably one of the most difficult years of ministry for us. Mr. Smiling, though, by the way. I just I love to intimidate the enemy. Come at it. <laughs> right? The more you try and touch me, the more the Lord will bless me. Come at me. In Jesus' name. But we must fight. We must pray. We must be aware of this. So why don't we stand to our feet? Can someone give me a time for a moment? I, I can't see it on my glasses on. Okay, 58. We're, we're going to observe one minute silence. I'll just prepare you what to think about. First thing, I want you to think about the men and the women that have fought for you to have freedom today. Okay, some of you have relatives that have fought and died in the war. Others who have come back, but they've since passed away like uh, Tanya's grandfather. And for others yet, it's parents that have served the Lord and have died. I want you to remember them. I'll be remembering my mother this, and father this morning. Are you ready to observe a moment's silence? Someone get ready to give me the time. Okay, we've got 30 seconds. So please uh, solemnly just observe this minute of silence. We don't normally do this in church, but I really feel that honor is worthy to be remembered. And so does our nation. And I'd like you to do that with us. We've got 20 seconds to go. Thank you, uh, thank you so much for the sack. That's perfect. Right on the minute with our time. So we're going to observe this, this moment's silence. I pray that the Lord will remind you of things and just prayerfully consider them. Just pray in the spirit for those that have departed, but for the legacy they leave behind, that it will be remembered. Amen.
Father, we thank you for sacrifice. Sacrifice draws the heart of God. Lord, this morning, we don't pray for those who have gone. They're gone. But what, what we do pray for is that the legacy they've left behind and the sacrifices that they have made, Father, will be carried on in our hearts, would inspire us, Lord, to do more. Let us not be the generation of the lazy and the apathetic, but I pray that you would stir something up within us this morning, Lord. That, Lord, we say, use our lives. Let our lives count for something, God. We pray use us to do great things, to honor your name, but, Father, also to do proud for those that have sacrificed for us. We thank you for the time that we have had together in this place, and we don't want to mess it up right now. But, Lord, we just bless you. Thank you for them. We thank you for each and every precious person in this place. We bless them in the name of Jesus. All God's people said, amen. Thank you for joining Life City Church, and we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at livecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to livecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.